Hello, Prince Philip here. Now that I've retired, I'm rattling around Buckhouse, scratching my bum and muttering to myself. So my wife Liz said to me, why don't you get a hobby? So here is the hobby, the Philip Windsor School of Motoring. Just go round to Sandringham, bang on the door, and we'll go for a spin around the estate. You don't have to wear a seatbelt and no need to go on a main road. After an hour, Henry's your uncle and Victoria's your aunt. Bingo! You've got your license. Don't worry if you prang your motor. We'll have a new one sent to you in a jiffy. As for my tuition fees, they're so low, they'll knock you sideways. Anyway, cheerio! Welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, oh, you're here today. Yes. Oh, you weren't here last time. I'm not all here anyway, so... Mm, yeah. Carry on. Oh, thank you. It's very kind of you. Welcome, 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 dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcasts. I'm Crumbly. I'm Faye Keith. I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am... Annoying. Oh. Is that it? That's it, because this has to be a short one today, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd just say lovely. But... No, <laughs> no. Right. Annoying and lovely. And lo- annoyingly lovely? Yes. Okay. Anyway, without further ado, apart from being sent to the tower for high treason, it's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. Oh, yep. We... When the War Master met the Eighth Doctor. It was a marriage made in heaven. Prolific mongers of audio, Big Finish, have locked Paul McGann and Sir Derek Jacobi in a sound booth to observe the effects. Yeah. Nature yeah. took its course and now we have a new War Master box set featuring the Eighth Doctor called The War Master, colon, Rage of the Time Lords. Mm. Producer and director of the box set, Scott Hancock, said of Jacobi's character... This incarnation of the Master is very much the Hannibal Lecture of Time Lords with a nice Chianti. Intelligent, charming, but thoroughly ruthless. We had a lot of fun in studio bringing the War Master back to life. It's been a gift of a project, and we can't wait for listeners to hear it. The third War Master box set is due in July 2019, with the fourth and final one expected in December. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, like the uh, War Doctor, he yeah. had four box sets. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, are they planning to off? Sir Derek Jacobi, then? Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, as we'll be discussing the uh, Warmaster box set in detail in the next podcast. Number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Number one. one. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I assume it takes us up to the events yeah, where um, David Tennant met. Oh, what was a uh, Professor? Um, Yana. 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 Not alone. Mm. Mm. You are not alone. Mm. Well, I don't know because, well, we're going to next time. It, yeah. it must be set within the first box set, I thought. The next ones. I don't know. Next time. Next yeah, time. Next time. <laughs> Stay mm. tuned. Yeah, I mm. won't sort of spoil anything, sort of. <laughs> Any more news? Ghostbusters! Who you get called? Sony... <laughs> Sony aiming for another resurrection. <laughs> After the disappointing reaction to 2016's Ghostbusters reboot, Sony are taking another attempt to bring back the franchise to the big screen. This time they are ignoring that Paul Feig 2016 reboot and creating a direct sequel to the two 1980s films. Hmm. Jason Reitman, son of the original Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman, is on board as director and co-writer. The junior Mr. Reitman said of this, 
This is the next chapter in the original franchise. It is not a reboot. What happened in the 1980s happened in the 1980s, and this is set in the present day. I have so much respect, he is a pugilist, for what Paul created from those brilliant actresses, and would love to see more stories from them. However, this new movie will follow the trajectory of the original film. Mm. Not sure I really want to see a bunch of old blokes. Yeah, not mm. sure they've been here very much. Mm. Yeah, cameo roles, and that's probably it. Little more is known at this stage, other than a vague release date of summer 2020, which does seem optimistic. We can probably expect most of the surviving original cast to make an appearance, though their roles may be limited as a new generation of Ghostbusters are likely to be introduced. Mm. Makes you wonder, what's the point? Why not carry on with their, their yeah. reboot? Yeah, exactly. Why just new, new characters? No, it's because it's they're women. Well, yes. apparently. Too many sad little boys locked in their parents' basements who can't accept women in the mm. box. Mm. Oh, so you let the ladies have a go, so... Yeah. yeah, they did bloody well. They did. They yeah. didn't do well in the box office, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, isn't... it boils down to money at the end yeah. of the day. So. Mm -hmm. I have an addendum. Oh, yeah. Oh. Windsor Davis. Oh, oh yes. Dead. 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 Now, Windsor Davis probably means very little to our American chums, but he was awesome. He was um, sergeant major in a very un-PC comedy from the 70s called It Ain't Half Hot Mum. Yeah. Well, it wasn't was... really PC. It just poked fun at everything. Yeah, you, you really couldn't show it now. Oh, and he was also in Evil of the Daleks. That's Ooh. his Oh, was he? Yes, yeah. he played Toby, who was a criminal. Ooh. A criminal. I think he was... Kidnapped um, Jamie. Yeah, I think oh. he was one of the... Roughs. He was a rough. Yes. A rough. And then Jamie he got Lyson killed. Then he got killed by a Dalek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he was a terror good hawks. egg. Terrorhawks. Um, oh, yeah. terror yeah. oh, he was in And he also had a number one hit. Did he? Yes. He had a number one yes. hit yes, with, uh, with Don Estelle yeah. called Whispering Grass, and mm. it's very very funny. And they're in the characters they were from the Eight and a Half Hot Mum. Mm. Okay. Lofty <laughs> and Sergeant Major. Yeah. Bum 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 bum. That's the one. Was he a good age? I assume he must have been. He was 88. 88. Which is a thoroughly good innings. Yep. Mm. Any more addendums? Nope. No nope. addendums this time. Any more we dead? No. No. Mm. We're going to Science of the Time Lords. Oh, yeah. We'll be there now. Now that yeah. you're listening to this. this should be out should... on our second yeah. day. Yeah. 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 And we'll tell you all about it next time. Because yep. we're going to see Colin Baker, Peter the Davison, Colin Baker. Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann. Get it right. We're going to see... Peter. And... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We've <laughs> had this all week. Oh so, might go and say hello to them. <laughs> might stand pathetically close to them close. and just stare. Unnervingly <laughs> close. Gaze with cow eyes at Peter Davison. Take the glasses off and the eyes will look in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> Can I kiss Peter Davison? <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Can I kiss Peter Davison? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Right, because we're so short of time this time, we're and just staff. doing one segment. One segment. One segment. <laughs> to rule them all. And alone. Yep. yep. And this segment, usually we're we're a cheery bunch. We see the good <laughs> in everything. We <laughs> are... Shut your noise, you. We're just so upbeat. This up, time, <laughs> we're going to talk about things that really annoyed us about the Doctor. All of him and her. Them. Pause for music. <laughs> Think about this, all right. because the doctor, as the Briggs said, is a thoroughly good chap. Ninety-nine percent of yeah. the time. But then I started to <laughs> think about things that made me go, "Oh, you ass!" Things that make you go. Mm -hmm. And I think with the first three doctors, mm -hmm. it was all the same thing. Okay, was that he was a pack 
patronising son of a bitch, <laughs> especially to women. Well, the first doctor, you could be very irascible and uh, cantankerous at yeah. times. Hmm. I don't think it's as bad as made out to be in the twice upon a time. No, no, no. But they were just so, just so patronising. The yeah. third Doctor and Joe, he treated oh, her like a, a little girl yeah, who didn't know anything. Yeah, but and he, he he had an attitude to Liz Shaw because she had a brain. Yeah, yeah. But I think again, Joe Grant. So I think she deserved it at times. I mean, yes, well, so yeah, she, she did. She yeah. wasn't the sharpest pencil in the case, unfortunately. She had no. O level science, <laughs> domestic science. <laughs> But no, the Doctor was, though. He the was a genius. Doctor. Yeah, I the thought he treated doctor. her quite well, didn't he? I don't think it not as well as the men he encountered. Okay. I think mm. it's, it's very much a sign of the of the time yeah. that yeah, it was made I in. Oh, very, yeah, I mean, but, I think William Hartnell, I mean, he was very, you know, sort of very much sort of split down the middle. So one half of him was very avuncular, and the other half was very crotchety, very cantankerous and irascible and such. Yeah. And as I say, you didn't really know where you stood with him at times, yeah, because he could be sort of very nice one moment and then sort of snapping at you the next. Yeah. But in his defence, he was the same with men, women, girls, well, yeah, boys. Sort of, he was equal in his treatment of me. Yeah, sort of, yeah. yeah. He was equal in Equally gittish with well, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, by the time we got to um, the fourth Doctor, he was, wasn't so bad. It was this genuine friendship, especially with Sarah Jane, and the acknowledgement of skills, especially with Leela. I think there is a lot of, in the Target books where the fourth Doctor is certainly written as the third Doctor. Lots of old boys and chaps. Mm. And I do remember an interview with Tom Baker saying that nobody spoke like that anymore. That's yeah. one of the things that he forcibly fought against and changed yeah. is, is the, the dialogue that he was given. Yeah, I'm sure. Because yeah. that's what's been so enjoyable about New Who is... There's there's none of that. There's none unless unless it's really deserved, <laughs> and it's like the uh, the patronising of Mickey is as yeah. likely to be towards the men as to the women. Yeah, yeah. More when, when the doctor's say. being yeah. an ass, his arsiness yeah. is equally spread. Yeah. yeah, it's all generally arsiness. Mm. Mm. So that that was that was my f- main annoyance. Oh, man. Okay, we've mentioned the War Master. What's about the War Doctor? I mean, sort of what thoughts could you sort of you know, think of with him? Hmm. He wasn't there. We didn't <laughs> yeah. see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> much of him. Yeah, he could be very sort of terse with. Well, I say sort of not so much with his people, the people around him, but with his other selves. He should know what a sonic screwdriver is for. But when he said to them, "So what are you going to do? Assemble a wardrobe with it?" I mean, <laughs> well, it's because I think that was more or less a comment on the use of the sonic screwdriver mm. at the time mm. it solved everything so again one of the main complaints was it was a magic wand yeah well, mm. yeah. yeah the problem with the war doctor though is we didn't get to see yeah. enough of him that's, to find him annoying that's, that's <laughs> yeah. my annoyance. everything he did was was wonderful yeah, that's yeah. my annoyance yeah. with the war doctor yeah. is he wasn't there yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> of course yeah. the eighth doctor did nothing wrong ever <laughs> he not had... a thing <laughs> you saw no bad in him there was no bad not i'm not at all no, I'm, no I'm, I'm listening to a load of the Eighth Doctor and Charlie at the moment, and they are perfect in even, every way. Even down to the halo. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's perfect. So we'll move on from him. <laughs> Do you want to go back to Pertwee quickly? Yeah. Overly violent, I would say. Yeah. Overly violent and really badly tempered in a lot of stories. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was a very grumpy Doctor. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, when we reviewed a couple of the older shows, I'm yeah. surprised how grumpy he actually's turned out yeah. to be. What episode sort of stick in your mind where he sort of shows that? Demons. Mm. When, yeah. when we reviewed the Demons, he, he was very, mm. very, very yeah. sharp, very shouty. With, um, well, that was, that was the exception rather than the rule, that was. was I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But he was, he, was always, he was always very quick. 
to resort to the venues in Ayakido. Yeah, or shoot people yeah. occasionally. Yeah, yeah. It was the day of the Daleks who was wandering around with a laser gun zapping yeah. Ogrons yeah. left, right, and centre. <laughs> that was possibly his teenage years. You know, he's acting out. Yeah. <laughs> um, my problems with the false doctor, and I do have a few, oh, was yeah. was towards the latter age. The com- Tom Baker comedy half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're all yeah. agreed it's, on it that. Was, right? Yeah, the actor got too much control of the character. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's second Graham Harper season, I think, is when it really sort of took a nosedive. Uh, Destiny of the Daleks mm. onwards. Mm. It wasn't so much as uh, the Doctor turning into a parody of the Doctor. I mean, so, yeah. What was with the Jelly Babies? <laughs> oh, what was yeah. it next? Mm. Come see my puppies. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. What about the second Doctor? Number two. Well, again, I don't remember a lot of number two. I've only read the books. I have hardly actually watched mm. any of it. But I suppose, again, if you really having to pin me down it was probably what you said getting Polly to make a cup of tea and Polly Mm. would do it she didn't argue argue. Uh, at least in the five doctors when the first doctor told Tegan to make a cup of tea she looked like she was about to belt him the fifth doctor had to say please humour him Um, we had a few interesting arguments between him and Zoe on who was more intelligent. Mm. And quite a few times the Doctor lost. Whether that was deliberate yeah. or not is another matter. But. Mm. Of course, as with the Eighth Doctor, the Fifth Doctor was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Perfectly bland. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> Squeaky voice. Squeaky voice is wonderful. <laughs> the, I suppose with, with the Fifth Doctor, it's that he, he went slightly in the other direction. Yeah, because Tegan, quite frankly, was a bully. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, and he yeah. let her get away yeah. with it. And the patronising spread over to Adric. There, yes, really. well, I mean, mm, with yeah, Nissa, I think he, he saw her as an equal. Yeah, as fellow scientists. Yeah, yeah. Tegan, yeah. he was terrified of. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> poor old Adric. Adric just needed to be sorted out. He did. Oh really? <laughs> Which the Cybermen did quite nicely for us. I think someone took care of that on numerous occasions. <laughs> Castrovalva the commentary hurling behind the tree oh yeah that's funny we got we bought the season 18 oh, I've got thingy that, yeah. yeah there's some, some very very good little documentaries in there uh, yeah. yeah what's you saying about um when um lola ward was doing the commentary she ah. st- she started you know she started off referring to him as matthew yeah by the end she shows she's saying the boy <laughs> <laughs> then we have number six Okay, well... The thing is, all the the character flaws for number six were there deliberately. They were, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, misplaced, okay. I think. But yeah, we've touched upon the arrogance, you know, the whole alienness of the character. Well, again, it depends whether we're going to sort of spread it out to include the Big Finish, because Big Finish 6 is completely different, oh, nicely yeah. mellowed and quite fun to be around. Yeah. Mm. I think that was more intentional, because um, oh, yeah. as uh, Colin Baker says, sort of, he wanted to accentuate the Doctor's yeah. alienness. Yeah, what the, the original plan was to be something like what they've done in number 12, yeah, you know, yeah. mellow him out. It just didn't get the chance to... Mm. He didn't. Mm. Well, get on to 12 later, but I think it's a mistake with 12 as well. But There was a certain amount of smugness with um, you know, Colin Baker's Doctor yeah. as well. Oh, the, the the smugness and the arrogance was up to factor 11. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, but taking into account the, uh, the first one of the trial, Mind Warp, mm. you still had the arrogance and the smugness, but it was tempered with a smile. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And like you said, the big finish is just a completely different character. Yeah. I suppose in a way, in the trial of the Time Lord, I mean, sort of, he had to come as, you know, Come acro- across as brash and abrasive because of the complacency of the camp near yeah, the council that were trying him. I mean, okay, apart from um, 
you know, the Madame Chancellor, who was just acting as the judge. The Inquisitor. The Inquisitor, that's right, yeah. <laughs> as a Siamese, well, the Time Lords that were, you know, that were seated behind her in, in ranks, they were basically just going on with what the Valyard was saying. Yeah, but that is that is another problem, sort of the, the various puns on Valyard, mm, Boneyard, Shipyard. shipyard. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I must admit, his overuse of words and yeah. quotes, mm. I must admit, did great a little bit. You know, like when Oscar got killed yeah. in The Two Doctors... Yeah. Yeah. And he just shrugged and said, good night, sweet prince. Yeah. And he mm. emphasised it all wrong and it <laughs> sounded so uncaring. Yeah. And was it rest is for the weary, sleep is for the dead? Things like that. Very, very brash. And, yeah. yeah. Yes. Sometimes have, it grated. I have mixed feelings about the two doctors. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the seventh doctor. Well, clowning. Clearly his, his, first, mm. yeah. his first season. His first season. Gurning. Yeah. And don't tell anyone. Mm. I really hated his role. Dars. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. Wind me Ooh. up. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. The gods of the Ragnarok. Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> really yeah. Just Normally. don't don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anyone, Sunday. Mm. <laughs> we could sort of shine a light on his office way of manipulating people. If that's a downside of uh, Sylvester McCoy. No, no, I, think I, I enjoyed the that character. side of it. It was very, yeah. it was different. Yeah, and his his attitude towards his friends was a lot better as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Very protective, but yeah, like you said, it's the clowning. Yeah, <laughs> first season bit yeah. of a misstep. thought he thought he was still on Tiswas. Well, yeah. again, um, no disrespect, but it's I'm not sure how he was told to play it. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. He just because um, I presume he was told to play it that way because yeah, that's what he was known for. The, yeah. There's Script Doctor by Andrew Cartmel. Yeah, and I think he came in towards the end of his first season. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and some some of the reactions from Andrew Cartmel about what was being played mm. and how it was being played and the, the decision to, no, we're not doing it that way anymore. No, members of Daleks, this is how we're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When he got control, yeah. That's it. That's basically when he got control, yeah. Like I said, with Colin and the coat, it depends on how Sylvester was told to... Well, yes, but you can't separate... Do- Oh, and the writing yeah, I, I, and the acting yeah, from the I, character. I, I, I understand that. I understand that. So we've, we've spoken about the pure perfection. <laughs> that is the Eighth Doctor. Again, just, just my... a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my problem with the Eighth Doctor is my problem with the War Doctor. Not enough of it. Not enough. I didn't see enough yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem I initially had with the Eighth Doctor... She get a haircut. No, no. The problem that I, I initially I didn't like it. It's not because of the TV series. It's because of BBC Books. Mm. Okay. When BBC yeah. Books took over the novelizations, oh, yeah. yeah. and they novelized the Eighth Doctor, and it was a knee-jerk reaction to Number Seven because Number Seven was always the game player, the master yeah. in control. Number Eight always got injured, always got locked up in an impossible prison that he couldn't get escaped from, <laughs> yeah. and always got tortured. And again, that, that's not my doctor. The doctor, if that's going to happen, he was in charge, and it was done deliberately. Yeah. But you didn't get that sense with the BBC books, H right. Doctor. Hashtag not my doctor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was sort of pushed from pillar to post and not in control of the situation. Oh. True, but I'd never read those. So I'm yeah. happily well, not affected I, I, by that. I got the, uh, the first ten, I think, and thought, no, this is <laughs> for me anymore but his big finish roles yeah, oh really god yeah oh they've been wonderful yeah. he's he's a mixture of brotherly 
angry, yeah. silly. It's just, it's yeah, just so really good. You can occasionally hear, see hints of the avenging god in there oh, when, yeah. he, when he gets... He does a very good shout. He does. <laughs> when, he, when he gets angry, he, he, you know he's yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. We don't good stuff. Yeah. It's not bad stuff. Sorry. War Doctor we've done. Yeah, Ninth Doctor mm. then. Ninth Doctor. His bad moods. Yeah. Even mm. when he was in a good mood, he looked like he was in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. What I didn't oh, like yeah. at the time was the mugging. Yeah, me the, too. The gurning to camera. Mm. I understand it now in retrospect with the whole story that's gone yeah. around it. Mm. But at the time... It annoyed you. It grated to me. Mm. still feel he couldn't quite pull off the lighter yeah. touches the Doctor yeah. needed. Yeah. It, it seemed too false. Yeah. But you could say it was deliberately false because yeah. of what he'd gone through. But yeah. So we didn't have that at the time. Yeah. Trying to think. I'm sure there was something else about Eccles' cake. Not enough of him again? Again, yeah. Okay, let's move on to Tennant. Mm. This is going to be difficult. I don't understand why he couldn't use his own accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, his, his straying into the uh, the ways of Dick Van Dyke <laughs> occasionally <laughs> made you go, ooh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, for most of his introductory episode, he spent most of it in bed. True. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, that, that was the main irk, that he, he wasn't allowed to or didn't choose to use his own accent. Yeah, apparently he was asked not to. But yeah. he did it for a bit for one episode, didn't he? But yeah, yeah. yeah, when he got told off by Queen Victoria, the Scottish one, yes, yeah. Yeah. the it's, Scottish play. Again, there was the it was a smug arrogance, especially yeah. towards the end with Rose, yeah, calling themselves the stuff of legend and that. I didn't like mm. that sort of thing. Well, no, that ma- yeah, so yeah. that that made sense for the the fall for me. So I didn't mm. grate too much. His complete inability to regenerate quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's hold it off while we visit every person we've ever spoken to. <laughs> and the, then not facing it in a manly fashion. The, the, the regenerating in the TARDIS like a beast, destroying everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he had far too many, there was far too many get out clause, reset buttons. Yeah. Like yeah. getting shot by a Dalek, but only a tiny little bit of him regenerating into his own hands. Well, again, I'm... I'm not so because that was obviously set up since uh, Christmas Invasion. Well, I'm not sure that's set up. I, no, I think I think it was. You think so? I, I think, think he made up. She went along, but no, I, I I'm giving Muscle T more credit than you. Yeah, certainly some of the things like uh, when Dalek was cancelled, they just he just moved the Toclophane forward. Yeah. Mm. So it was, there was more planning that I think you're... I think the Toclophane was something they created to replace Daleks and then they just kept in the back pockets for no, later. No, read, <laughs> reading the script book, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We, we'll disagree on that one. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So no, he's just maybe a bit too human. Yeah. Well, with Rose, well, I think he was. He was for two episodes. Yeah, yeah I think, once, I Rose, think once, Rose, once Rose had gone, it eased back. I think this one more wore his heart on his sleeve. Hearts. Well, hearts. <laughs> it was more emotion. That's a fault as well. Yeah. But yeah, it was the smug air that annoyed me. Yeah, but there again, family of blood and um, the contrast between him as, as John Smith and him as the Doctor oh, yeah. you know, were brought into sharp relief yeah. right at the very end. You saw a whole new side to him. He was human yeah. and he had no no memory of being the Doctor whatsoever, mm. which brought the difference between John Smith and Doctor into sharp relief. As I say, sort of, it's sort of a very sharp contrast between the two characters. Yeah. And as I say, that did bring you back down to earth with a bit of a bump that did so that takes us on to Eleven. young matt yes mm. 
I just have to say, it's a shame Jean's not yeah, here. Jean's yeah, Jean's not here. <laughs> she would have come out with a litany of the Doctor's yeah. shortcomings. Fault. She would. Yeah. She would. Um, wow. Wow. Crikey, that's, that's, a, that's a thing, mm. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> His anger. That's what I was thinking. He can he can switch between reasonable guy to fury, like in the Beast Below. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. that Amy did that wasn't her fault, and suddenly yeah. he's bellowing about taking her home. Yeah. And for me, uh, it was wrong. The nature of his anger, certainly to begin with, didn't suit the personality. Mm. When we had Beast Below and a few other times, mm. it was a incandescent, burny, shouty anger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it better in A Good Man Goes to War. Okay, yeah. The mm. anger there was cold, mm. hard, oh, and non-emotional, yeah. mm-hmm. which was spectacular. It worked for the character then. The shouty, screamy, throwing toys out of the pram yeah. anger didn't work. It didn't suit mm. the character. Mm. Okay. F- for me. He was yeah. like, it was like he was having a temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. didn't work with how young the actor was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't necessarily take it serious because you're 12 years old (laughs) but when he did the you don't come at me through my friends it was cold and hard yeah and you could believe that this was a god Mm. yes well going back to what you were saying about earlier and what i was saying earlier about the you know the family of blood the cold hard anger that he shows when he's punishing the family of blood yeah as to say so he traps one in a mirror yeah he imprisons one in 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 chains of um sort of made from you know the metal of a Star. Yeah, a dwarf star. As I say, it's just the cold, hard, unyielding anger that he shows. Yeah, I you mean, don't that, see that much is of far it, more but, effective. That is, but the it, it's, it's the thing. But, but Tennant did the shouty anger very well. It worked for him. It didn't work for Matt, mm. mm-hmm. but until he he found the cold ice yeah. blue, mm-hmm. yeah. the flailing arms. I love the flailing arms. <laughs> yeah. you, will, you will not belittle the flailing arms. Something, something He's like, like it. it reminds me of when the boys were growing up, yeah. and they have this growth spurt where they're all legs and arms, mm. while the rest of the body tries to catch up. He's like that permanently. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The dancing. Who dances? He was like a, a blow-up bendy the, man. It's the man giraffe dance. <laughs> yeah. Blow-up bendy a, man. Yeah, you, you see him in America. The, the outside um, oh, car lots. Yeah, 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 the, the hose and the tube man. Gillen did that in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, music video. <laughs> She did the drunk giraffe. Oh dear. But anyway, yeah, I have trouble finding anything to fault with that doctor. <laughs> Maybe blinded my favourite doctor. Very good. Oh, and another David Tennant one. Oh, you, oh yeah. you don't have to say sorry that much. <laughs> we understand you're sorry. Just give it a rest. Yeah, they made a big thing about Matt Smith's character's quirks, but actually Tennant had all this Alan Z stuff and all that yeah. going all the time. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a bit over the top. Yeah, but well, there the again, Matt Smith had Geron- what, what, kept what, shouting Geron. Yeah, what yeah. struck me is Alonzi, Alonzi, Alonzo seemed to hmm. manifest naturally because it Maybe. wasn't it wasn't in the first or second. It was something that sort of seemed to manifest naturally. Where Geronimo, certainly to begin with, seemed forced. Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, and it didn't last much long. But yeah. in season five, yeah, yeah, it occasionally popped up, but yeah, yeah but not much. Yeah, she takes us on to. Mr. Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Again. Oh, God. I had real problems getting into this doctor entirely. Oh, yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. You, you, you were being an arse about it, weren't <laughs> you? Because yeah. he had the same problem that Colin had. But this time they knew Colin failed doing this, so they did it again. So why start off with a character who's cold and standoffish? I don't think... 
think well, he they was. Did. I don't think he was. No, the the just see me speech at the end of oh, the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a brief exception, but a lot of it. The question: was... Am I a good man? Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think you're just Capaldiist. Uh, no, I, I think I think it's a knee jerk reaction because it's no longer Matt. Well, yeah, I think he's got a thing about Matt. I think he has. That's what it is. <laughs> Not so much about Matt. Is that sort of Doctor I like, and which is why I like Thirteen as well. Thirteen's mm. got quite a lot like the Eleventh Doctor. Yeah. But obviously, they deliberately did a contrast with Capaldi. Yeah. And it was a bit of a whiplash, I think. Yeah. But it's like it's like the the same thing happened with between Tom Baker and Peter Davison. Yeah. Yeah. Total, oh, yeah. yeah. But Capaldi, they at least did get to the point where he was a much well softer, kinder, if you, if you, more you, doctorish sort of character. If you go and look at uh, the second season, then he's completely different. Mm. It's different every season. Yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe a problem. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. You could call it character development, or you could say it's a bit of inconsistent characterization. I don't know. But looking at things we really didn't like, yeah. the whole guitar and the tank. <laughs> yeah. Him oh, play, playing yeah. the guitar the in the console I room, I had, I had no problem with. Yeah, but the tank. But him yeah. appearing on a tank, playing mm. the guitar. <laughs> nah. I, I didn't mind this, the um the Sonic sunglasses either I thought they were okay it's a gimmick the kids liked yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but no the guitar and the tank slightly <laughs> over the top no. yeah just a bit it's only a one off thing yeah okay mm. and that takes us to Jodie Wataka hmm. well I really like the doctor this doctor but she does have a problem with not being able to show that gravitas the doctor needs mm. she hasn't got that yet no she hasn't been given that moment mm. of uh, as I've said before that cranny moment of awesome <laughs> <laughs> um, she's had a couple of good lives Lines. She yeah. she had a lot of good lines, yeah. but she hasn't really been given that chance to shine, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't like the gurning. Yeah, scrunching. It's, it's, there's too much scrunching. The ke- the Kevin the teenager gurning. Yeah, a, a, a scrunch. Like a scrunch every now and then, but I think there's too much scrunching. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's either a very bad Kenneth Williams impression or. Uh, <laughs> Or somebody's just broke wind under her nose. I mean, all... And why she couldn't find a pair of trousers that actually fit? Yeah, it looks Charity like... shop. Yeah. This is true. Take what yeah. you can find. It looks like her socks have had a row with her trousers. I mean, all... <laughs> and they're not talking to each other. Yeah. It's actually based on a photograph from '87. I think mm. Mm. it's it is a photo yeah. sh- an, an artistic photo shoot from eighty seven. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll see if that costume changes in the current season, the upcoming season. Some people don't like the Sonic Screwdriver. Uh, I love flourish. the flourish. Flourish. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no problem with flourish. Yeah, I think that's great. So she's like she's winding up to it. <laughs> yeah, I do like a dramatic flourish. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a bit too Harry Potter for some people or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so far I've got no real problem. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, yeah. yeah, not me really. Apart from I just want a bit more power. Yeah. Well, again, no disrespect, but I think that's more down to the writing. It or is. The writers oh yeah. Rather yeah. Than I don't. I certainly don't blame Matarka. The character yeah. traits, anyway. Yeah. So. But it's still the doctors we've yeah. had to yeah. so yeah. far. So. We got the first hint of anger in the Dalek episode. Yes. Mm. something I noticed it wasn't yes it wasn't in the script but it was in the acting it was in her reaction Mm. to the Dalek Mm. we'll see where that goes yeah We'd like to know what you hate about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Not Doctor what, General. The just, Doctor. Yeah. What really ticks you off about the Doctor? <laughs> the gaps between seasons. <laughs> the no, very that's not the big Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to know what irks you, annoys you, frustrates you about our favourite Time Lord. So <laughs> please do write to us at show at staggeringstories.net. Thank you. Yeah! 
speaking of doctors... What? There's one over in the corner. The lights have gone red. I cannot yeah. see him. <laughs> no. Is that all... a good thing? Oh, my What's, God, his eyes that? are glowing. His eyes are red. What's that scuttling? Oh, no! <laughs> After three. One, two, three. Hello, Hello head of Pertwee! Hello, Graham. Uh, Hello, fascist spot. Ashes of Gunhild. We Wataka. really should give the head of Pertwee like a paint job this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's extremely flaky. Nose job. <laughs> well, he's like that all the time. He and is. to the latest addition to Adam's madcap menagerie. What's that? Shaborn, the topless female garden gnome. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. In the corner, looking over your shoulder. Oh, for God. <laughs> blame, blame Crumbly for that one. Oh, my well, God. blame fake Crumbly for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and there's a Moomin over there. Yes. For some reason, there's a table on its side with cushions on it. He yeah. claims it's something to do with his kitchen being done and him not wanting to walk into the table legs. We think he's making a fort. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I think it's modern art. Feedback? Beep, bop, bop, beep, bop. Right. Some of you lovely people have been writing to hello. us. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Oh, hello. 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 Enough. Hello. Enough. We've Hello. heard from Pinky. Hello, Pinky. Pinky. He says, greetings and happy new year. Thank you. Hello, Staggerers and Terrence and co. I hope you're having a good year so far. Yeah, I start with sad news. Oh, I have just seen that Morgan Shepherd yep. has passed away. Yeah. Sad face. He had some great roles and yep. some not so spectacular roles in some great shows. I'll miss him. Mm -hmm. yeah. On to Doctor Who. Wataka's first season was overall good. Some amazing episodes, some meh episodes and some very who episodes. <laughs> as great as Graham has turned out to be, there was too much focus on him. For example, the finale in which his drive is revenge against Toothface became a focus of the episode. What about Ryan? Grace was his grandmother. He'd known her his entire life. Grace was his caregiver and supporter after his mother died and father left. Graham had known her for just three years. Mm. Yet Ryan's feelings were sidelined for Graham, making who feel like it was still all about the white man. <laughs> Yaz yeah. was so sorely underused and underdeveloped and yet is a great character. Mm -hmm. She deserved more. Yep. There was great potential in the first couple of episodes, but after that she mainly became background, though I totally ship her and the doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Yaz and the Doctor. I'd totally Up watch that show. <laughs> Ryan got a better deal development-wise and the actor's portrayal with his facial expressions and background actions mm. is superb. <laughs> now that we've had all we're getting for 2019, resolution of the Daleks, he finally got some answers from his absent father, mm. though still bugger all about his feelings regarding Grace's death. <laughs> Speaking of resolution, I loved it. As long as I don't think about how one third of a Dalek is able to very rapidly grow and become a fully formed body it was really creepy <laughs> and back to the thing of one Dalek being more dangerous than multiple of them yep. it was brutal so I was glad that our two archaeologists survived mm, yes. though I did love that wicked smile on the possessed lady's face while driving <laughs> <laughs> again Yaz had call to do <laughs> but at least Ryan got to deal with some stuff without it being about him and Graham and the resolution they came to felt more real than the typical portrayal of instant forgiveness and all of a sudden their best yeah. Graham also got to show his caring side with Aaron. That moment with the box of kids stuff hit me in the feels, <laughs> especially after his sulky realisation that the fam had left without him. Yeah. As we have another year of drought, <laughs> I'm looking at convention tickets. Probably can only afford one, though. And if it's the capital, I'll be doing Airbnb instead of the hotel, as that'll save lots of dosh. Yeah, Thank that. you for the Christmas card. Way less terrifying than the snowman one. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you all have a great 2019. Be seeing you. 
Pinky. Thank you, Pinky. P.S. You're all invited to my birthday party, though it's on a school night, so maybe not for the old fuddy duddies long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your present out the window, madam. (laughs) We have one from Andrew Scott. Hello, Hello, Andrew. Hello, and a very belated Happy New Year. There you go. It is the usual lot of the sci-fi fan to live in a permanent cycle of hopeful anticipation and inevitable disappointment. Oh, dear. But I'd have to say I really enjoy the New Year's Day who mm-hmm. after my initial total confusion over the girl who looked like she was from class yeah, yeah. but turned out to be called the archaeologist <laughs> the plot rolled along with action and interspersed character moments we finally put Ryan's doubt out of the way or at least on the bench Love the design of the Dalek, and it was nice to have a really nasty baddie. Mm. No who for the rest of the year, but mm. we do. <laughs> but we do have the Orville and the oh, new well. Trek to watch look forward to. Yay! Yeah, I've not seen any of those yet. Mm. But I'd have to say my high note of the year so far has been watching the wind-up episode of Timeless. I haven't oh. seen that yet. So. No, me neither. Have you no, seen no. season two? I haven't seen season two. I've watched season two apart from the final episode. Right. Okay. Okay. As a series, it may have been illogical nonsense, but yeah. it was fun, and for once, it wasn't a series that just ended a season. Season, only to never return. <laughs> I've tended to watch stop, uh, stop watching new series for fear of them vanishing after a few episodes. The wound that was Firefly will not be <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago too now. Soon, uh, too soon. <laughs> Have fun. All the best, Andrew Scott. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I think Andrew forgot to tell us something oh, because he's so? written another one. Ah, yes. yes, he has. Who would like to read this one? Get my vocal lips around this. Your vocal hmm. lips. Vocal <laughs> lips. Yes. Not your bottom lips. No, your bottom lips. Your vocal <laughs> Stop it. Heil, in a desperate attempt to find something on television not spelt Brexit, I have watched episode one, season two of Star Trek Discovery. STD. I haven't seen this one yet, so probably spoiler music. But you're about to read it, so you'll spoil it for yourself. I know, I know, I know. With the disappointment that was the tangled mess at the end of season one, I really couldn't see where it would go next. But I really Mm. enjoyed it. It was fun. The actor playing Pike is just a gift, and I really don't mind the Spock backstory. Tell him, Pike. Mm -hmm. Certainly it's better than You Just Missed Him, approach which other sci-fi shows have taken in this past. (laughs) Even Tilly, yes, Tilly was bearable. (laughs) She's quite good. She's good. Yeah. It was also nice to be finally properly introduced to the deck crew. I also felt that the character of Pike here, you could see how the character of someone like James T. Kirk came into being. It may all go horribly wrong in the next episode, but sign me up for the ride. All the best. Andrew Scott Lester. Lester. Hopefully we might see right you now. next weekend or, or now. <laughs> yeah, I need to catch up with that. Yeah, I've seen I've I'm seen the first that. series. I did enjoy it. I've also yeah. they've also just released on Netflix the short treks. I saw the first one with Tilly. Yeah. It's okay. First one is okay. The best one's the last one. Oh, okay. Okay. Or or should I say the funniest one's the last one. Uh, is that the mud one? That's the mud one. Okay. Do we have any more feedback? We have audio feedback. Ooh. Ooh. Somebody called Reese. Hello. Hello, Reese. Hello, Staggerers, and hello, Head of Pertwee, and hello, all the many other things that occupy the little room in which you record the podcast. I hope you're all very well, because I certainly am. I'm actually very interested in the topic you discussed last time. It was a very interesting topic, and I thought I would jump on board and do the same. 
Before I do, I'd just like to preface this by saying that uh, mine isn't as objectively done as your lists. Well, I'm basing this mainly on my memories because I, I currently don't have the time in the day to go through and rank all the yeah. episodes and then see which ones come out on top. So I'm just kind of going from how I just feel about what I remember the seasons overall and it, yep. also a big influence on my list will be the ones that I've seen a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and the ones that I haven't seen very much but want to see again. So uh, probably a lot of the newer ones might be higher Something else that would influence that quite a bit is that the ABC, uh, whenever a new season of Doctor Who was coming, they would do a marathon of the seasons before (laughs) that. It's usually the Eccleston Tenant seasons that I would see and then I'd start to drift off, not because I wasn't interested, (laughs) but because I ran out of time and because I started to think, well, I don't have to catch this basically every day. It was every weeknight they had Doctor Who. Repeated, and I didn't necessarily have to see it because I had already seen it a lot. I've got copies that I can watch at my leisure. I don't have to sit down at the same time every evening and watch it. But that being said, I have seen, especially the Tenant era, a lot, and you might see them quite low on the list. But that doesn't mean I hate them. I'll get into it now, and you'll see what I mean. So this technically isn't a hundred percent a preference list. It's more of a what am I most passionate about and most excited about. Yeah. Right now, this might change if I do an overall new Who rewatch. I'm mm. planning on doing an either a Capaldi era rewatch or a Moffat era rewatch, but it might turn into an entire new Who rewatch. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But that's another topic. I'm going to jump right into it now. Okay. So, at number eleven, my least favorite of the new Who seasons yeah. is season two. Two, right? This, personally, I feel just doesn't really age well. It was good at the time, especially because it was David Tennant's first season. And for me, it was kind of the first season of a new Doctor, if that makes sense. I know uh, Eccleston was the first season of a new Doctor. But to give that context, I would watch uh, Classic Who episodes and I'd know that there were a lot of different Doctors. But this was the regeneration from Eccleston into Tennant was the first one I saw live, so to speak. Ah. And so this was the first season of a new Doctor that I was following from the start. So... That, yeah. that was good at the time, but that's certainly passed now. There are lots of good episodes in this. Like I personally enjoy The Impossible Planet and Satan Pit. Oh, yeah. yes. I quite yeah. like Tooth and Claw. There, there yep. are good episodes in there. It just, it's not standout. It, it's quite pedestrian when it comes to a Doctor Who season. It doesn't try too much. It doesn't really shake up the mould too much. It's, it's good. It's just not brilliant. Bit and safe. on that note, I'll move on to number 10, which is season three. Ooh, Same sort of thing. It's good. It's not outstanding. I just feel like the scope and the scale of Doctor Who has grown over the years and it certainly was bigger and more ambitious back then but it's just been blown out of the water in that regard this season's quite good but the negative parts of it do drag it down quite a bit mm. Muppets in Manhattan I'm looking at <laughs> yes. basically yeah a little less pedestrian than the previous season and there are some episodes that are really really good but overall it's it's not outstanding it's enjoyable but not brilliant and uh, the same criticism of the previous two seasons that I had can be applied to the season in my ninth slot, which is season 11. Mm. It was fun. I love the cast, <laughs> although there's a bit of a Martha Jones in there, i.e. a character with great potential that's never really been realised so mm. far yeah. in Yaz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, some of the stories were really, really good and Ooh. they were standout, but they were just the rest of them were just kind of bog-standard Doctor Who, bog-standard sci-fi. And yeah, and honestly, in comparison to... Um, 
the Moffat era. That's actually a good breath of fresh air. I do prefer the larger scale, using using wibbly wobbly timey wimey, using more depth to character and and season arcs, etc. I do prefer that, but you do need to spice it up every now and again, otherwise yeah. you become complacent and it becomes a bit too predictable. And so it was Got a good change, in. but I hope we get a bit more yeah. flesh on the bones because there was a fair bit missing in terms of pace and. Uh, just depth, really, this season. So overall, it was good, but again, compared to a lot of the other seasons, quite low in the lists, obviously. Now, up next, I'm going to do something interesting because uh, eighth and seventh slots, I have season six for number eight and season seven for number seven. But the thing is, for me, despite the fact that in you know season six, part one, you have things like uh, The Doctor's Wife and A Good Man Goes to War, which are really standard episodes for me, just in general. I really like them. I prefer the second half of both seasons. So technically what I would do is actually do uh, in slot number eight, season six, part one, and season seven, part one. And in slot number seven, (laughs) I'd have part two of each. But that's just getting complicated and confusing. But I genuinely prefer the second halves of both seasons. And for season six, the reason why is because I've still got a bad taste in my mouth from the spoiler situation that Adam and I Mm. share feelings about. Mm. Although, like him, I've mellowed on it. And those are actually really quite good episodes. My problem is the whole season arc because uh, obviously the Doctor's not going to die. And no, it isn't the Doctor, despite how many times Stephen... Moffat tried to tell us that is certainly yeah. the Doctor, and in fact, in fact, he had uh, the older version of Captain Everett Delaware the Third say that yeah. in those exact Most words. The doctor, uh, yeah. But it wasn't the Doctor. I just yeah. didn't like being lied to. I didn't like the behind-the-scenes stuff. I didn't like the season arc. And as much as I'm usually somebody who says it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, I yeah. still find, found it really annoying in this case. And yeah. also, that half of the season has two episodes I genuinely forgot about until I think you discussed it last time. The uh, uh, Rebel Flesh and Almost People or the other way around, whichever way they go. I forget about those ones so much because they're dreadful. So, yeah, yeah, that that drags that half of the season down. But I genuinely see them as such different halves that I prefer the second half. And the same is applicable to uh, Season 7 because... As much as I love the ponds, I think they stayed too long. Just half a season too long. I think two seasons would have been fine. And in fact, I'd thought of something while I was coming up with this list. If they'd left at the end of season six, either just stayed home because they were actually going to at the end of um, The Wedding of River Song. They were at home and then they're picked up again by the Doctor in season seven. If they just stayed there occasionally (laughs) seeing him, kind of like the Paternoster gang does, that would have been good or... Angels in Manhattan happens sooner and they get lost in time or trapped in that moment in time. And then because both the Doctor and River are mourning, they travel together for half a season. That would have been so much better, personally. But anyway, I just think they stayed too long. And then I prefer season seven, part two, because... I really like Clara. And I really like the season arc. I like all versions of Clara. I really like the season arc, both for that season and the rest of her seasons. And it was just time for change. And she bought the change. And we had great episodes. I love Bells of St. John. Rings of Akadakadak, Bakadak. (laughs) No, Rings of Akaten. I could take or leave. I've never hated it like a lot of other people, but it's not great. It's the curse of the black spot of that season. Like, I could take or leave that one, but they've both got their problems. But it's got Hyde and Cold War, like you mentioned. Yeah. And I've warmed up to Name of the Doctor. I've never really liked Crimson Horror. But anyway, I really I like that half of the season. So I would kind of split them in half and do something cheeky like that. But hey, that's a bit too random. But moving on, in my sixth slot, we have Season 9. I will admit I've only ever seen this once. And I want to see it again, but... 
I've had newer seasons to catch up on. Yeah. Wataka's first season, plus, I don't know if you know this, if you know me on Facebook, you probably do, but I've had a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey experience where I actually finished season 10 after season 11 finished airing, so I've had a bit of a journey with that. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching your episodes as opposed to going back and watching these ones, but I'd like to watch them, and like I said, I might be doing a Capaldi rewatch or a Moffat rewatch, so I'll catch them again eventually. But yeah, they were, it was pretty good. This is just above middling for me. Season 7 is literally a middling season for me. This is just above it. It's good. I don't know if I enjoyed most of them being two-parters. I like two-parters, but I do like it when you kind of build up to a two-parter. Yeah. Makes them a bit more special. It makes it deserve having a cliffhanger. And not all of them do, I feel. Yeah. Lots of great moments. The first two episodes, I like The Magician's Apprentice, and uh, which is familiar. I love Capaldi's speech in the Zygon episodes. I love Hellbent or Heaven Sent. I think it's Heaven Sent because I've always thought that the names should be swapped around. But his episode, basically, love that. Such good stuff in this. Some of the episodes are mediocre, like the woman, the girl who died and the woman who lived. It's okay. It's mainly just... uh, Jenna Coleman, Peter Capaldi, and Maisie Williams that keep me interested in those ones. <laughs> Other than that, they're a bit flat. But anyway, yeah. it's a good season, and I'll watch it again, and I'll have more to say. <laughs> season, no, not season five, slot number five, we have season four, the Dr. Donna season. Well, I think I completely yeah. agree with Gene with this one. It's great. I mean, I don't obviously agree that it's the best season ever, um, but it's very, very good, and there's not too much more to say. I think it's David Tennant at the top of his game. Donna probably yeah. is still the best companion of New Who, at least. She's just excellent. Catherine Tate proved everyone wrong who was, who was uh, yes. dismissing her. She's just amazing. We got so much more Wilf in it. Yeah. The music was Murray Gold at that point in time at his peak for the tone that he was going for. I love how he changed. With many eras, he changed. He changed very much for season five up until season ten. And then when he could, oh, yeah. no, season, what was Capaldi's first season? Season eight. eight. Yep. He changed for yep. season, eight, season eight and it became a, bit more mysterious a bit more dark and synth based and then you know he, he just he's been evolving and i really like that for the rtd style of music and the era of his music this was like peak in terms of scale and emotion and it was great especially the finale i love the finale to this season and i will f- fight anyone who doesn't no, I won't do i'll just stand strongly with my opinion and now in the fourth slot we have the season that started it all for New Who. We have season one. I love Eccleston. I love basically the whole season except for the Slovene episodes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just really good. Holds up now. I mean, the CGI can be laughable at points, but hey, let's yeah. be honest. I think there's a moment in Kablam where the CGI is laughable, yeah. so Doctor Who hasn't really changed too much, but it's just excellent. I loved it. Then we have at number three, getting into the top three here, guys, oh. we have Rumble. season eight. I really, really like this season. There are two episodes I look at, three, that are weaker than the rest for me. I can hear the voices who will agree with me on this. El Presidente will agree, Robot of Sherwood. Oh. I still like it. I know I he doesn't much at all, but I really do like it. It's just weaker than the rest. Kill the Frickin' Moon, that's about half the room agreeing. I agree with Keith, and I think even Adam. I like most of it. Sure, the egg doesn't stand up to scrutiny, but I don't mind it. It doesn't ruin it for me. Yeah. And uh, then there'll be a singular voice, which I strongly agree with. Listen. I actually, honestly, I forget about it unless I'm looking at a list of episodes. It's just, it doesn't, it didn't stand out. It did to a lot of people, but it didn't to me. But yeah, this season, very strong. I love it. I love Capaldi. And it took me a while to warm to him because he was such a different doctor to Matt Smith and a lot of the newer doctors that we had, actually. But he's great. And this is where you start to see that. All right. For my second and first place, I have to admit, they're basically tied I love them both equally, but this ties in with my comments from earlier on about how many times I've seen them and which one I'm more excited to get back to 
based on that. So I'll tell you them both as I've written them on the list. In second place, although it's tied with first, we have season five. It seems to be a bit of a love it, hate it kind of season among the staggerers, but I fall completely and utterly firmly in the love it camp. It's fantastic. And then at number one, you may tied with number two, I have season 10. I recently just finished that, and it is very, very strong. I think it was Capaldi at the top of his game. I think it was Moffat. I mean, not Moffat peaking at the top of his game, like he hadn't been at the top of his game before, but this was certainly up there there with his strong material, and I really, really like it. It's it's really amazing. The finale especially is probably – actually, I think it is my favourite finale, tied with at least uh, the Pandoka opens of the Big Bang. I love those as well. It's just such a strong season. I love Bill – Capaldi is amazing. Honestly, I've, I've reached the conclusion that I can't decide between him and Matt Smith as to who are my favourite Doctors on paper <laughs> and in performance. They're just so good, but especially Capaldi. I've, just, he's got a, I've got a very soft spot in my heart for him at the moment. He's just... He's excellent. And I like this whole season. It's really, really good. I could gush about this whole season a lot. In fact, I might even send a review about it next time or the time after that during this year-long gap we have between Who seasons because it's just so good and I haven't talked about it. I know a lot of people have to you guys, but hey, I didn't get the opportunity because I was uh, a little bit behind on the show and on this podcast. So, yeah. Alrighty, that was a very interesting experiment that took me a long time to get through, I apologise. <laughs> but it was really interesting and thought-provoking. And as it turns out, my favourite versions of New Doctor Who come every five years. That's season <laughs> one, season five, and season ten yeah. are yeah. really high up there. So that's interesting to know. That was just really interesting to put that in front of me, so obviously. So thank you for the inspiration for that interesting experiment. Thank you for such a great discussion about it last time. And I look forward to hearing what you think. And also, if she hasn't already, and if she's there, could Fake Keith please let us know her list? Because I'd be very interested to know. Anyway, Mm. I'll head off now. I've been occupying your time for way too long, as usual. Thank you for the wonderful (laughs) podcast, and I'll speak to you again next time. See you guys. Bye, Reese. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, Reese's feedback was longer than the rest of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Not quite. Well, it's have to know that the conversation we had went on a long time after the microphones yeah. had been turned uh, off. Yeah, bit of that basil to the the end. Yeah, okay. Maybe next podcast you have to. Do I'll do. Your, I'll do my list for the next yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's putting the seasons. The se- your favourite seasons in order, just there, of new who. There is a spreadsheet okay. if you want to do it scientifically, as we did. Yeah. Scientifically, just, Adam and Jean did it very scientifically. The rest of us just went, um, that did. one. Yeah, that <laughs> one gave a, a mark for every episode. Okay. Knew who averaged for each season. And Is it's surprising. Yeah, it, some, some of the things on. surprised you. Okay, I'll do that. Right. We'd like to hear what the rest of you think. Mm. Put your new Who seasons in order. Put your old Who seasons in order. Put your but whatever in you order. do with them, send them to us via show at staggeringstories.net. Lead us out crumbly. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But never fear, in the next one, there'll be more of the same, more fun, frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more who old and new. So until that... T for ten. Tantalising. Terrifying. Terabyte. (laughs) Tumescent. Dude. (laughs) Tortoise. Comes trundling. Tuberculosis. Tentatively. Towards us. This is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast series one number 307 featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith and the real Keith Dunn. Views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers of the site. No copyright infringement is intended and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Three, two, one, four, 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 five, eight. But where's seven? Seven is gone. Hurry, I'm here. Oh, there's seven. Hello, seven. Hello. Well, we'll get sent to the tower anyway, sir. Well, it's free now. No units there. Well, that's true. Yeah. You'll get sent to the tower. We've never met you before. <laughs> that's it. I'm being disowned. All right, fair enough. Yeah, we're we're keeping it tight for you. We're doing oh good. Stretch and bend and, and stretch. And... <laughs> Do you know how to tell if a woman's doing her pelvic floor exercises? Going no. bus eye. If you pass a, a row of women at the bus stop and they're all going, <laughs> that's what they're doing. Can't say I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be looking now. <laughs> anyway. Um, when was the last time I used the bus? I mean, anyway. I use the bus today. Mm-hmm. I use the bus all the time. What's wrong with buses? Why are you so anti-bus? I'm not anti-bus. You bastard. <laughs> I very rarely use public transport. Your voice went all high then. I know. <laughs> I'm doing my pelvic exercise. And, and bend. And Do you wonder why we overrun? We're sorry, we're meant to be being brief.